This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Friedman. And you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. Project, welcome back to this episode. Today, we're going to talk about the seven biggest mobility myths busted by science. And that is, uh, that's real science, not this fake science. So, the reason that we say busted by science, all we're saying is like over time in the research, speaking to experts, what we have and people that you know participate in this research as well, people that understand this research, they have said, this does not work and here is the science to prove it. Now, obviously, science can always be disproven, but as far as we know at this point, this stuff is factual. So, before we get into it today, guys, one of the most important things that we do to look after our body, besides just the stuff we do externally in training, is the stuff we put into it internally. And one of the things Raph and I do every single day is we put power up and we put the multivitamin as well from activated nutrients and that is called the top up product it's a greens powder it's all in one it's from whole food vitamins and minerals not synthetic vitamins and minerals which means they get absorbed better it's got pre and probiotics in there as well as well as stuff like vitamin d uh, vitamin d3 vitamin c so all the good stuff that your body needs and it's for less than two dollars a serve and it's super easy it's a teaspoon it goes in your smoothie it goes in water it mixes it tastes fine no one's ever whinged or complained about the taste they've actually said it's quite good they're actually quite surprised uh, but you guys can pick up any of those products and a discount at the mindmuscleproject.com activated and then of course as well a part of uh, a tool looking after your body that we've been wearing for nearly two years now is the Whoop Band. So you guys can pick up a Whoop Band and look after your sleep, your recovery, and your stress load at mymuscleproject.com slash Whoop. You can get a discount there and you can join the Whoop Army. And then if you do, make sure you send us a message on Instagram and we'll add you to the My Muscle Project team leaderboard. And it's a, it's a bloody hard leaderboard to win. Uh, there's some seriously fit, well-recovered and well-slept people on that leaderboard. All right, let's dive into it. So first thing that we have today, first mobility myth busted by us, crush the muscle with mobility balls. Yeah, this is one that, I mean, it could be any ball, stick, anything. Any right? sort of massage device. Anything. Yeah. We, used to, we used some crazy shit back in the day. Voodoo floss bands. And it's not that this stuff completely doesn't work. I think the... The misconception that we definitely fell for is just you just want to hammer it as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. So if you just get in there and you press hard enough, your muscle will come out flexible. Yeah, I used to sweat mobility. on the foam roller. Man, it was sweat. like I remember breaking skin. Yeah, yeah, we used to go yeah, savage breaking skin. Like yeah. it, was, it was crazy. Yeah, and we'd be like nearly crying at the end of it. Like actually crying and honestly, it was so so painful. And it just doesn't exactly work like that. No. Yeah, obviously there's some good massage out there and some good my fascia release that yeah obviously will hurt a bit and you got to work through that and there's going to be some improvement there but it's not like you just go harder and harder and the benefit is more and more and you finish that whole process immensely flexible long term i actually remember way way back in the day when we were training at crossfit active chad who was uh the best crossfit athlete at the time basically he could do anything he'd drink his own piss and people would fucking do it he um oh he didn't do that no my mistake no he um he was so into more is better and harder is better and obviously, he didn't know as, as much as, as we didn't know. Uh, people were just getting into mobility stuff at the time. And he used to put this little peanut, which was two hard lacrosse balls taped together that run either side of your spine. And he would he, would, he was trying to get more thoracic mobility. So he would 
get someone to pass him a cement stone, a lifting stone, oh my God. a 50 kilo stone, and he held it. So he got on the mobility ball on his back on the ground and he put the stone on his chest and he would roll up and down with the pressure of the stone. And one day, uh, <laughs> one day he actually like, he didn't pop a rib out, but like he inflamed a rib attachment. And he was like, something fucked up has happened here. And like, I can't breathe. And we're like, well, it just because it looks stupid. Whatever you're doing, you're like, so much pressure. It's ridiculous. So, um, I was yeah, imagining the article out. like, Jim Freak dead. <laughs> found <laughs> under stone. <laughs> like rib, rib pierced his lung. Told yeah. he did it voluntarily. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a point where it's 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 stupidity, and that that was getting borderline stupid when you like injure a rib because you're like pressing too hard. So it's just simply not how the body works. Um, using those stimuluses can be good to help move some tissues around um, and create some desensitization to pain, and give you an opportunity to kind of change your range of motion and strengthen the areas and stuff with less pain. But simply just crushing your sight. Um, expecting to take the pain away is just simply not how it works. And it's even like all those rollers and stuff, how they started with just normal rollers and then it got into like the spike rollers. And it's like the knife roller. Yeah. <laughs> getting absolutely stupid, like the lawnmower roller. It's just getting like sharper and sharper. Yeah, more painful. And it just, now I think it's come back. People have realized that stuff's not better. Yeah. Uh, still useful, but just not how people want it to be useful. So next thing is static stretching makes mm. you weak. Um, not true. Static stretching can actually make you, well, depending on how you do it, but there are ways to become strong. Yeah, I think stretching. this originated actually, ironically, in science, even though busted by science, because mm-hmm. um, they did some studies, and it was like pretty well known at the time, where they like static stretch, and then they retested everyone's like lifts on their vertical jump, and like pretty much everything goes down, right? If you like, as long as you stretch the prime movers, so there was one I remember where they stretched their hip flexor, and like, oh, this is strange, their vertical jump increased. But that was obviously because, you know, they opened up their hips, they could access their prime movers, their glutes and hamstrings more. Yeah. But the general one was like, oh, we stretched their quadricep, they went out and they had like less force on the leg press. Um, that obviously is just short term. I think in it, they found like up to 45 minutes, you are weaker. Right. If you do like a two minute stretch on, on a prime mover. Um, but that doesn't mean like long term, if you keep stretching, you are just getting weaker and weaker forever. No. no. It can it can mean that if you do excessive amount of stretching, you become more unstable. Mm. Like if you become like an insane yogi, if you just sit at the bottom of the squat all day with no tension, like you will, you will dislocate your hip, but you'll make your hip joint super loose yeah. and super lax. So there is a point where it doesn't benefit you. But static stretching, number one, it's got to really have a purpose. It's got to fit into an overall structure. I wouldn't just static stretch for the sake of static stretching. The only thing it's probably going to do is just... Uh, give you something to distract yourself and start maybe start the recovery process. But yeah, overall, static stretching, it needs its own proper place within uh, a routine. It, in isolation in itself, it's not really effective for that much. Cool. Next thing, stretching equals mobility. Yeah, I think the the myth here, and I fell for this as well, which is just like, you see, okay, I can't lift my arm past here. I can't get my hip into this position. You'll stretch there. You'll get closer and closer to it eventually you get there and that's all you need and you'll have good strength in that range you'll be able to like move your joint into that area and you'll have really what's what you want which is what you see on youtube see this guy doing a lift i want to move like that i'll stretch myself there and what you find out is that it doesn't actually equal mobility when you get there you might get the range like someone might be able to lift your leg into that position but you won't be able to do it yourself or you won't be strong in the position yeah so like a good example for a lot of people is what you do is you lie on your back 
It's a hamstring test. And uh, you put your legs out straight, put your hands flat on the floor, and then basically just lift one leg, pull your toe back towards uh, your body, and then just lift one leg completely straight and just see how far up you can get it before the knee has to bend. That's basically testing the mobility of your hamstring. Now, if someone was to test the flexibility of your hamstring or the range of motion, the passive range of motion of your hamstring, what they most likely can do in many scenarios for a lot of people is they can push it further than how far you can bring it up. And for some people, it might only be a five degree difference. For a lot of people, it might be more. It might be like 10, 15, 20 degrees difference. And that is the difference between your static, I guess, um, flexibility and your mobility. So your mobility is how much range of motion that you can actually control yourself. Yeah, and the general consensus would be that the bigger that difference the greater your chance of injury. Correct. And the interesting thing there is that if you don't improve your mobility but you improve your flexibility, all you have really done is, yeah, A, get better at flexibility tests, but B, increase your chance of injury. Yeah. And that's why you often will find these guys that are like pretty tight in the gym, but they don't really get many injuries. And Mm. then maybe they start working on their flexibility and they start picking up all these injuries. Yeah. And it's because they probably, they were tight, which is not good, but they had a very small difference between their flexibility and mobility. They increased that difference performance doesn't really improve yeah. and their chance of injury goes up. Yeah, because when you access that new range of motion, that new area, it it's weak. So it just needs time, it needs attention, it needs light loads, it needs progressive overload before it's ready to take it on. All people do is they try and open up their shoulder with some crazy cement stone thoracic mobility drill. They get that extra 10 degrees in their shoulders and then they go and try and max out their snatch. That new range of motion, has, it's barely ready enough for the barbell, let alone doing some max loads, and that's where the, really, the injuries happen. Cool. So, number four, more flexibility always improves performance. And I think that it kind of just builds and stacks on what we just talked about, that yeah, increasing that range of motion, when you have that new range of motion, it doesn't always mean that you're going to perform better. I think people look at a lot of the high-level athletes and they think, man, it's got such extreme ranges of motion, like they move their shoulder properly, they move their hips properly, knees properly. But remember, they have trained in the performance at that range of motion. You just gaining that new range of motion doesn't mean that then you'll be able to perform those movements. Just because you can now sit in the bottom of the squat and put your arms overhead, you're ready to snatch heavier. You're probably now ready to snatch lighter because now you have to strengthen your new range of motion. So more flexibility does improve performance, I guess, over the long, long term. But just getting more flexibility doesn't always improve performance straight away. Yeah, and also I would add that there's also a limit to it. So depending on your sport, so there's some sports, I don't know, maybe gymnastics or like some sort of dance thing where like almost always more is better. But a lot of sports, there's not more is always better. There's yeah. some, a lot of sports, if you're just trying to lift really heavy squats and deadlifts, there's no way progressing from great mobility to the splits, I think, is going to radically increase your performance, no. right? It's just not necessary. Yeah. It, it's not any better for the sport at all. And lots of sports are like that. Most sports have a limit. And particularly when you think about how much time and energy you've got to put into improving it as well, it's really not helping. So it just means that, yeah, you just don't continually get better as you improve your flexibility and mobility. Yeah. And in fact, even in some sports, having more tightness in certain areas can be beneficial, mm. like can be protective. Like you think about the tightness in like maybe a rugby player's like chest and shoulders and all that sort of stuff. You don't want your arm flying behind your back like a gymnast. You want it like nice and compact, right? Nice and strong. And that way like when you go to palm someone off or you go to like 
you know, squeeze someone or you get in a ruck or whatever, everything's in nice and tight and it's nice and protected. Whereas if your hip's loose and flexible like that shoulder, super vulnerable. So in, in some cases, less flexibility actually improves performance. Um, okay, next up, number five. This is a good one. People think that they have uh, some kind of injury, some kind of pain and they use stretching to fix that injury. Yeah, this is one I've fallen for before is you get knee pain and you just kind of feel like, man, if I just got crazy flexible in my hips and ankles, like this knee pain will go away. It kind of makes sense because you look at someone that's got that and you say, wow, they, they move really well. There's no way they'll have pain. What you realize down the road is that person often still has pain. Yeah. You go speak to them like, man, my knee's killing me. <laughs> in fact, it's worse than yours. And that's the truth. Yeah. yeah. People have outstanding mobility and they still have injuries, often just as bad as your injuries are. So there's just no way that continually, if you just get mobile enough, the injury will fix itself. Um, it doesn't work like that. You could even have damage that's not going to get better either. Yeah. You know, you've actually made permanent damage to the to the bone or to the, the ligament or the tendon. It's not going to improve just by improving your flexibility. Yeah, I think where this myth kind of comes from a little bit as well is because if you do have, say, like let's take the knee, for example, an inflamed patella, and you have tight quads and you go and you stretch a quad, it is going to create some relief for that area. So in your mind, you're like one plus one equals two. Stretching my quad relieves knee pain. That must be the solution. I'm just going to stretch it all the time. But all it's doing is just creating temporary relief from pulling on that area. Now that area itself, great. So you've you've taken some tension out of the area. Now maybe you have a bit more range of motion to do some rehab work, some strength work on the knee to kind of help it move through a full range of motion, put some more blood into it, stabilize it a bit more, uh, take out some of the pain while you're training because, you know, obviously pain limits your your training ability. So that is strategically a, a good way to think about how to incorporate stretching in the rehab process, but it's not the reason you're going to fix your injury no. ever. Really. And you might just squat like an idiot, get really flexible, still squat badly. Yeah. Really common. Yeah. You might just still suck at what you're doing. Because it's a motor pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, everything you do with mobility, it's just... Mobility is strength training, okay? Like, don't think about it as flexibility. All you're doing is you're telling your brain, this is a range of motion I can use now. You know, the, it's in the same way that you learn how to swing a golf club, right? It's, it's, this, it's a movement pattern. Mobility is just a movement pattern. So, swinging a golf club is a movement pattern. Squatting deeper is a movement pattern. Getting into the splits is a movement pattern. It's all stuff that you're teaching your brain to do and training your brain to do. So, it's not like... It exists outside in this different realm and this different system. It's all the same system. It's just training your brain to go, okay, your arm can go there now and it can be stable and it can hold weight there. You know, your knee can go to this range of motion now, be more pain-free and be stronger here. So that's really how you really got to think about it long-term. Okay, number six, you must stretch in your warm-up. Super common. I mean, I watch people come into the gym. They've been sitting down all day. They're like, cool. They just got out of bed. Okay, I'm going to start stretching to warm up. Now, it's not necessarily wrong, but a really good warm up doesn't need stretching. It's not mandatory. No. Some things are mandatory, right? Like increasing your body temperature. Yes. Mandatory. Yeah. Like getting your blood flowing, practicing the movement. Yeah. Mandatory, right? Um, definitely not stretching is one of them. I think the mindset shift that we will promote, same thing with our flexibility program, it's not a warm up. No. It's like a program. So you work on it and then you, you have it when you go to warm up. Yeah. I think about it more like strength. If you're like, oh, I got a big session, I better get strong in this warm up before it. It's like, no, no, no. You get mobile and flexible outside in, your, in that training and then when you warm up, it's time to do other stuff and not necessarily like improve your flexibility in that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And look, I think that when it comes to, um, 
I guess the the the, the lay person or the average gym goer. Um, they just, it's just one of those things within the fitness culture that you just see people doing when they warm up. Okay, I'm going to do bench press. I better stretch my chest open. But really what you're trying to do, like you said, is get heat, get blood, uh, get the brain firing for the movement pattern. Yeah. And honestly, it doesn't involve stretching. You know, all it requires is you to do the movement, to prime your body, to get warm, to activate certain areas. And that is going to get the effect that you want from stretching. It's going to get the chest nice and open. It's going to get the muscles nice and warm. You're going to feel really good during the movements. And that is that is how you warm up. And stretching might be a little bit of a part of that. Maybe it's just one of those things that it's just a good way to kick off your yeah. kind of session. You know, oh, I like to get in there. I just kind of sit in the bottom of the squat, move around a little bit, stretch my ankles, stretch my and then get into my warm-up. Yeah, part of it is psychological. Yeah. Because you just it's very difficult to walk in a gym and just go. Yeah. Because you're shifting mindsets. It's yeah. It's a bit of an entry point. All right. We're getting to work. Yeah, but it is not the start and the finish of the warm-up. not mandatory. It can be a part of the yeah the beginning, which is, yeah, like you said, mental stimulus. Okay, and uh, final thing here, number seven, um, which I think is very pertinent and I think stops ultimately a lot of people from even trying ever in the first place is that they think that in order to improve their mobility, it's going to require a lot of time. Absolute myth. You can improve mobility in minutes and like, under 10 minutes, you can improve your mobility. Obviously, you can't improve all your mobility in 10 minutes, but you don't work on everything all the time anyway. So what is your area of focus for today? Okay, we can target that joint. We can target the elbow, the wrist here, whatever, and we can work on the mobility. And we can do five minutes. We can put this drill into the warm-up. We can do five minutes of this drill, and then we can just compound that every time we come to this cycle or this part of the the section of the day or this warm-up or whatever, this body part. And over time, it's a very gradual thing. It's like getting strong. It's a very gradual process. It's, it's like I said, same system, same body, same brain. You're just learning your movement pattern and progressively over time, you're just teaching yourself to get better and better at that pattern. Yeah, that was interesting because there was some science that came out and it was like, you need to, a uh, joint needs to get stretched for at least up to 20 minutes a day to see progress in the mobility for it. It was like, wow, like you want to put so much time into this to improve. But how it turned out was that, um, not that surprising, was that you can do some stretching, but then all the other training you can do can count towards that 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, so then I'm like, okay, cool. I like did my hip openers and that. I did some stretching. I did a pigeon stretch. Then I went and squatted and I was working the mobility of the bottom of my squat. That's still a stretch for me. You know, yeah. I'm not normally there. And it's the accumulation of that time. If you can get that to 20 minutes over a day, you can start seeing big improvements in your flexibility. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. If you just got some mobility through your hips and calves for two minutes a day, it's not nearly enough. If the rest of the day, there's no stretch whatsoever. But as you start working on this, you'll find that over the whole day, you can spend enough time moving through these positions. But it doesn't need to be an hour session. No. And some movements, some strength training movements are inherently mobility movements in themselves. A good Romanian deadlift. Yeah. Or what about uh, like an ATG split squat? Yeah. Like massive range of motion. What about a front-loaded split squat? More of a range of motion at your front hip. Like there are just smart ways to incorporate this sort of stuff whilst getting strong. There is mobility. It's like, oh, that's a lunge. It's like, yeah, and it's mobility mm. as well. Like, it doesn't have to be on the ball with a vibrating gun in a band. Like, that's just not, <laughs> that's that's something different, right? So, there's, you just need to kind of change the way that you approach this whole thing and it can become a very in- integral part of your training. And we've made it really easy for you guys. We've made a 60-day mobility program where it targets specific joints. You can go full body, you can go lower body, upper body. The point is, we have done all this for you. So when it comes to following a good training program, good strength training program, 
It all integrates together with a great mobility program. And again, it's not going to take much of your time. It's going to small compounding effects, right? Just paying the man each day. Small little investments at a time and they pay off over the long term as they compound. So you guys can check that out if you're interested in our mobility plan at themymuscleproject.com slash mobility is where you can check that out. So if you're really into uh, improving your mobility, this is definitely a program you need to check out. Uh, I'll add on it because I've been playing around with the days as well. It's really, really good. It's got explanations for the whole, like it's it's properly programmed. Yeah. Like a strength program. Yeah. So it's got focuses, overload. it's got progressive overload in it. You're probably going to do around eight, nine stretches in a day. Um, but I've gone through it. You can usually knock it out in like 20 minutes as long as you're just moving through like efficiently and not dilly-dallying between every single stretch. But what's different about it is I often just do the stretches like I like. Mm. I just do them honestly the same every time. Yeah. So obviously I don't see much progress. Whereas this is like, okay, you're going to do these different stretches you don't normally do. It's going to progress. We're going to focus on area and then move on to the next one. And that is the difference I've found. Yeah, awesome. So go over them again, guys. The seven biggest mobility myths busted by science. Crush the mobility, or sorry, crush the muscle with mobility tools, mobility balls, rollers, guns, whatever. Static stretching makes you weak. Stretching equals mobility. More flexibility always improves performance. Number five, stretching fixes your injuries. Number six, you must stretch in your warm-up. And number seven, mobility must be time-intensive for it to be effective. Okay, there you are, guys. Hopefully, that was helpful. Again, themymuscleproject.com slash mobility for that program to check it out. And guys, we'll speak to you all next week. Thank you, Project, for tuning in again to another episode of the My Muscle Project. Uh, We release an episode every single Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, the My Muscle Project, to stay up to date with everything we're doing. And if you have some time, leave us a review and a five-star rating on iTunes. And don't forget, we have a second show of the week, The After Show. So it's no longer a rest day on Thursdays. If you have any questions for Lachlan and I for that show, head to themymuscleproject.com forward slash the after show. And if you ask a question, we'll, uh, we'll answer it on the show. Thanks again so much, Project, and we'll see you all next week.